Sweat Equity Podcast and streaming show, the number one business comedy podcast in the world. Also, the number one comedy business podcast in the world because there's no one else in the genre. This is going to be a little uh, acoustic version of the podcast, a little MTV's Unplugged Nirvana style. Um, Eric, my heterosexual life mate and uh, co-host of the podcast, got COVID. The COVIDies. So he is listed as out on the injured reserve. Um, he will be questionable next week, but usually that means you're going to play in the game. I'm excited for football season. I'm excited for this episode I did with uh, Bo Button, who is Atlas Realities uh, CTO, founder, and president. Guy's an extremely interesting dude. And, uh, we meander, but we talk a little business. It's all good. Hey, if you like this podcast, you know, tell someone that you love, tell someone that you hate, just tell anybody that we're on iTunes, Apple podcast app, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are available. We're on it, baby. Um, and tell them to, and if you're listening to this in your ear holes right now, while you're doing laundry or you're running, give us a little five star, take a second. Go over there. Give us a little five star. You can write. I'm a uh, law is a, a a duck butter champion. You can write whatever you want. We just want some engagement. If you want to ask some questions to the podcast, sweatequitypod.com. This episode sponsored by Squarespace, an all-in-one website builder. Get the hookup with the link in our description. Holler if you hear me. You get hooked up. We get hooked up. It's all good right there. Call rail. If you want to track all the calls that get uh, that you get on your website or other entities out there, your Google ads, your Facebook ads, your social media ads, any of it, anywhere you want to have a lot of phone numbers to track everything, call rail is the shiznit. Uh, link in the episode description to get the hookup. Hold if you hear me. Uh, Bigly Sales is a lead generation. Um, Let's call it a Swiss Army knife meets wizard in your pocket. Um, using a lot of AI to get you those leads you need, high quality leads. Link in the episode description. And lastly, if you want two months free of LinkedIn premium, um, I mean, you want to see who's looking at you. That's always creepy. If you're if you're like I am, you'll uh, message people that you know, kind of know, haven't talked to in a while, and ask them, hey man, why are you creeping on my profile? That's a fun game. If you want to use it to find uh, new leads for your sales team with Sales Navigator, or you're looking to find an, uh, a job that uh, level up your career, LinkedIn Premium is the shiznit. It's not a joke anymore. It's not the punchline of uh, 30 Rock as it used to be. It is legit because the data is really good. Um, Hit up the link in our episode description. And without further ado, let's get a hotty with Bo Button and I going hard in the paint on some bromance. Cold sweat equity. You 
are listening to the Sweat Equity Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Josephus. How are you doing, what? sir? I'm good. My uh, co-host has COVID, and he's completely knocked out. So this is yeah, just you and I talking. No worries. No, you would be, or your co-host, uh, forgive me, I'm terrible with names. It would sure. be the, the fourth person in, in probably the last week that has come down with a serious case of knocking your dick in the dirt COVID. Yeah, and, you know, he's kind of like, uh, he's pretty resilient. So when he gets knocked out, it's like, he's like, I call him a spider monkey, a tree frog. He's like, he doesn't get sick. He's got this West Virginia kind of uh, lineage. Immune system. <laughs> yeah. He's like wonderful world of the whites, except not on painkillers. Yeah. Um, and so when he gets knocked out, I know it's legit. I, yeah. I on the other hand, am a total puss. And uh, if I have a cold, I all, might have AIDS in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm more like your partner. Uh, that's my 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 wife knows if I get knocked out, like he's sick. Uh, normally, I'll muscle through it. No, I'll power through. Don't get me wrong. I to get me bedridden is is pretty tough. It's usually burnout that yeah. I, I still struggle with a little bit every now and again, but. Uh, it's one of those things where uh, I will bitch about it to everybody that I've, I come across. If uh, I'm like, oh, yeah, probably got the flu, probably got Zika. Yeah. You know, uh, where are you uh, doing this from? Because it looks like it's different. Yeah, this is my apartment in New Orleans. Yeah, uh, you could call it a bachelor pad, but it's not. But that's how it's set up <laughs> because I have RC fucking airplanes, 3D printers and all kinds of gadgets behind me. But. Um, I split my time, if you recall, between Austin right. and New Orleans. I've got three teenage uh, kids here in New Orleans, uh, and they live here with their mom. Oh, I didn't know they were, they were in New Orleans. I thought they were in Austin with you. No, they, they do come to Austin. They spent uh, the better part of three months over the summer mostly with me. Um, I did a little uh, traveling abroad with my son. He turned 16, so I took him to Scotland for two weeks. But, no, they live here in New Orleans. Oh, man. You know, my record with New Orleans was I was like zero in 23. And then I had a friend of mine uh, who she's actually the, the producer of every E true Hollywood story. Her name's Carrie Ainsworth. She's from there and showed me the like the New Orleans you want to see. Like she she took me to a brass band. You had to go through a false wall to get into. Uh, it might have been there's a few places like uh speakeasy style that are really fucking cool that are off the beaten path um there's a a club on top of uh oh what's that goddamn bar slash uh, event venue it's called the foundation room it's part of uh god damn it it escapes me anyhow there's a lot of cool stuff but if you just do what most people say they do when they come to new orleans i hate new orleans and i was born and raised here like, I'd rather be a tourist than uh, a local resident. It's just a shithole politically, economically. But the food is amazing. If you, life, if you like live music, there's a lot of real great places to visit. But, like, if you're here for more than 72 hours, you'll start to feel like a citizen. And it's a shithole. That's a good rule. Yeah. No, I'll go. Now, now I get excited to go. But I, I, I treat it like Vegas. I have a fight. Mm -hmm. I've got that 72-hour rule. And if it gets to 73 hours, you, I really messed up. And yep. it's, like, it's only an hour flight for me, but it's still, it feels like uh, it could be far away. That flight home from New Orleans is the same it's as flight up from Vegas. Yeah. Everyone's a little bit miserable. And the, there's always a group on the plane that is still hyped 
from whatever booger sugar they're they're on, <laughs> you know? And you're like, yeah. you guys shouldn't be so excited. Yeah. Uh, no, but, it's been a while since I've experienced New Orleans like that, but I've experienced Vegas like that uh, in the last few years. But no, that's a, that's a good way to kind of compare the two. I love, honestly, I think it's because I'm, I'm I grew up here. I'm biased. I, I've seen it all. I know where to go. Like I love coming here. Obviously, I come here. I spend you know a week and a half with my children. But you know, after hours or when they're in school, I'll go to the places that I love about, like the restaurants that I love, the food I love. I don't really go live music. I'm not that kind of person. I do love listening to live music, but I don't go out and find it. But yeah, it's a cool city. But I'd is rather a be thing, a tourist. Is that a thing that happens to dads as you get older? I don't know if it's because I do stand up that I can't I can't enjoy a concert anymore because I just I never have. I don't like groups of people and I don't like humidity. I don't like high temperatures. If I'm going to go, I'm going to either have like a fucking VIP pass that's air conditioned or a tent. And to get that for Jazz Fest or, to, you know, uh, there's a few other large music festivals like ACL and, you know, Austin. I'm like, I'm not spending $2,000. I can watch the live stream on fucking YouTube in my boxers in my 71 degree house. Yeah, and when you're not – I went to ACL. Last time I went to ACL was probably 2010, 2011. I can't remember, but I definitely – I went because, A, when you're younger, you're like, well, I'll, I'll I'll do my best to try to hook up with a girl there. You know, like – and then the other part was like, oh, at one point I was looking to my left and it was Kanye and to my right was Stevie Wonder. And I was like – this is pretty. This is pretty great. And yeah, see, see I've like, gone to a few, but yeah, I just I'm I like to be comfortable. I like to like particularly like from a, a temperature and being in groups. Like I have a lot of friends from high school that were in these like death metal bands, and I'd go to their local concerts or whatever the fuck you want to call them shows, and they'd have mosh pits, and everybody was all fucking grungy and smelt like bo. And I'm like, hey, I love you, Justin, and I know you play drums really well. I'll just buy a CD and like listen to it at the house because I I'm not cut out for this shit, brother. You're not down with the American History X uh, kind of band moshing. <laughs> fuck, man, I dude, and it was they were so like violent, and I'm like, what the fuck are you all doing, man? I know, Anyhow, isn't that funny? The emotions that come out of playing music that like you're such a badass, and it's like no, you're literally just twiddling thumbs on it's... a on a thing, like you. You're not bashing anything. You know? No, I nothing about that resonates with me. Um, well, it's kind of like how I hate cool comedians. The guys are super cool, and you're like, no, dude, this is this is about humility. If it's about anything, like yeah, be, talk, going. I got my dick sucked by this person, and then humping a stool. It's like, dude, uh, it'll get a laugh, but it's not. You know, it's not good. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm with you on that. I sweat. I'm the sweatiest person I've ever met. So uh, Florida's a t like right now, September in Tampa is tough on me because my I have hyperhidrosis, hands and feet. I, I You'll never see me in flip-flops unless I'm on the beach because um, there will be puddles. And huh. my, yeah. And, and I might have something like that, but it runs in my mom's, like on my mom's side of the family. It's like right now it's 70 degrees and like I can sweat. Um, especially here where it's like 60% rel relative to humidity. Like I, if I wear white, I'm fucking doomed. Like I oh, can't yeah. wear any light colors. By the way, fun dad joke. I do myself. If you're going to go to 70, keep it at 69 and just do a little, <laughs> just, just for yourself. That's my, yes. that's my dad tip. But well, so we haven't talked to you in a while. Um, 
how's everything going? Uh, you know, how how is this landscape? With uh, last time we talked, you were talking about the landscape of, uh, as I recall, ad inventory within um, not a metaverse, but your game. Um, how's everything going with that? Uh, everything's going great. So our numbers, uh, if you were to look at our competitors, are continuing to climb primarily because we're off chain. We're not a cryptocurrency based game. We're completely independent. We pay out cash. Um, I'm sure you're aware there was the crypto winter crypto, like all of this shit, you know, there's regulations, there's uncertainty, but you really don't hear too much about web three anymore. And there's a reason. Because um, AI is the most fucked out term. Well, that's the thing. I'm very thankful for open AI and chat GPT and generative AI and uh, LLMs, large language module, uh, models, not modules, sorry, models, um, because it kind of just overshadowed this bullshit kind of movement, this Web3 movement. Um, we're sorry, still... Sorry if you're hearing my, my gay... I have a gay dog and he's he's puking over here. It's all right. No, I, I the house in, in Austin, I have four dogs and two rabbits. There's always some kind of bullshit going on, so no worries. He's he coughing up something and I'm like, where'd you go last night, Bojack? <laughs> Yeah, our dog likes to eat uh, the rabbit hair when that's not good for dogs. So I don't, I, I don't want to one up you, which is a one downer. He likes to eat cat shit still. So um. oh Jesus! Well, our 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 middle dog Lucy likes to eat real dog shit. Like I have to go out or cicadas. She these fucking mm. things are flying around, and we call them chips because they dry out, and you can hear her fucking munching on it. I'm just like. What are you doing, you nasty fuck? But have anyhow, you set, have you set a marker? So I've set a price. You got to do this. Apparently, when the dogs get older, he's eight. What is the what is the or you get ripped off by the vet because they're the new mechanics. What is the number that you won't pay for like whatever if something goes down? Because for think us right now, there is no number. We spent about seven grand on our rabbit, and unfortunately, it passed because of a seizure. So like at, at that point, what? Yeah, it's a thousand dollar rabbit. Yeah, and we didn't even, you know, eat it. Uh, it anyhow, it didn't shit gold pellets. No, 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 no. But it was a rescue rabbit, so it's the philosophy behind it. If I didn't have the cash to fund it, obviously I wouldn't. But uh, oh it was the right call. It was the right I, call. But I will dress up like a furry rabbit, fly into Austin, <laughs> and, just and be a pet. Be yeah, a yeah. Day a week. If you, yeah, if you pay me that much. Um. So no, Sorry. going back to, to add, so obviously, you know, most mobile games are dealing with this privacy movement. Apple started it, Google's following suit. You know, the impact is we're we're seeing lower CPMs on our ads. So, you know, our ad revenue's down, but our business model still works. Um, we've got a, a thankfully because we were, you know, out of the gate very thoughtful about putting all your eggs in one basket and we didn't we have three you know primary sources of revenue obviously ad revenues down but our merchant platform is doing remarkably well and just original in-app purchases people are still just buying atlas bucks to buy land um, that hasn't slowed down if anything it's picked up but we are trying to maneuver like from an ad perspective what can we do differently to to, to generate more ad revenue and i think we we i think in the next quarter we'll have that cracked um, but right now, yeah, we're just building out new features, um, not doing a whole lot different about how we market the game. We're just adding more to the game. So our existing customers keep coming back um, and we can technically increase the LTV from those folks. Um, 
cost of user acquisitions where we want it to be. I mean, we'd love for it to be lower, but it's it's manageable. Sure. Now it's just trying to generate more revenue from those customers. Well, I mean, in the so gaming's not my. Uh, I don't have like a lot of expertise. Uh, when- have no fear. Neither do I. Well, uh, I'm a but, software guy. Right. But what I, what I do know, I, I gave up the sticks a while ago and I'm worried it's my son's seventh birthday. Might get him an Xbox. And I'm worried, like I gave up the sticks cause I was like, um, wasting life playing games kind of thing. But I do know, but that's for me, right? I don't, I can't just play for a little bit and then go, I, I'll get addicted. I have to beat the game or, or when you, when you realize like, Oh, I'm doing fake. Uh, I used to love the NCAA football game, and I'm doing. I have so many different. I've been doing this so long in a dynasty thing that all the players in the game have all graduated. Yeah, I'd send away to get all the names put in. You know, you had to send the the card out to get the card back for fifty bucks, so you could have all the college football players' names on there. I would get to the point where all the players are graduate. And I'm in this world where none of these players really exist now. Mm. Like it's not even like a, a fake Brandon Jacobs, the Auburn running back. It would be just all these different guys. And I'm like, I could have learned Italian. I could have, I could, I wasted so much of my life doing that. But yeah. I do know that with video games, because I hang out with a lot of comedians still, and so they're they'll keep me up to date on like the biggest thing is what you're doing. It sounds like. A lot of games won't improve the the in from a marketing perspective lifetime value of the game that builds like crazy loyalty, right? Like, um, like these games are getting updated. You know, I don't know how y'all do it, but uh, or these worlds or whatever you want to kind of call it. Uh, I don't want to call it a metaverse or anything, but because uh, that's technically a brand name of something else, but like. I, I, you can kind of fill in the gaps of what I'm saying. Like, I think you're rewarding the people that are there. And that's, yeah, no, I mean, that's absolutely. I mean, we spent a long time trying to build something that attracted a specific audience to get them in. And then obviously we have to keep them there. And we, you know, very actively manage our online communities. We get a lot of feedback about what are we doing? Right. What are we doing wrong? Look, we haven't hit probably a single deadline. Um, and to be quite frank, most most software projects don't. I'm not trying to use that as an excuse. Like at the end of the day, we we kind of steer based on input that we get. And 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 I actually use this analogy when talking to my wife. It's like, you know, when someone changes their mind, sometimes there's like this negative connotation. It's like I have inputs. I'm I'm streaming data. And if I make a decision that is different than what I told you two days ago, it's not because I just felt like making a different decision. It's because I have new data. I have something else that's steering me in the right direction. So, and it's hard to articulate that to players in the game. How well did that go with the wife? I I think she appreciated it, you know, and and as long as I kind of explained. Are you supposed to know the data she gets to? No, no. Women women don't operate the same way. I operate like a computer. Maybe there's a woman out there that operates like a computer. My my wife does not operate like a computer. Uh, It's like chaos theory. She's just bouncing around. Well, I've been trying to work on a bit that men get labeled the worst communicators. And I'm like, I think women are the worst communicators. I think the fact that most women I've dated or been married to or whatever in my life have told me, how come I don't know what they're thinking? Mm. 
and I should have known that, like minority report to make decisions ahead of time. Like, <laughs> Here's, I've taken kind of like, a, I always use this eight mile Eminem kind of analogy where, you know, he came out on stage uh, before his battle rapper uh, opponent and just laid out all of the juicy details about himself. Like he's ahead of the curve and that diffused the situation. It's tiring. It's a full-time job being ahead of somebody, but I try to stay ahead of the curve. A real nice marriage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, I just, I stay ahead of the curve. I try to read the environment. Like I know what she wants and I know what she likes. I know what she experiences during the day. We share an office together. She's got her own private office. I'm adjacent to her. So yeah, I mean, look, you just have to be ahead of the curve. Um, but like, it, it's a full-time job. It is. But we, we really don't bump heads very much. Uh, no, I just always find that dynamic, especially when you're, you're running, you're, a, you know, kind of a serial entrepreneur as you are, you know, I feel like that that's the hard part. I just hung out with uh, friends in Lake Tahoe and uh, I was, I hadn't seen her in, I don't know, seven years. Good friend of mine. I was just meeting her husband for the first time. And I, I, I was telling them like of all the entrepreneurial friends I have, I'm so happy to see they have a healthy relationship that they work together with the business and they they've divided and conquered, but they've really set these guidelines to, to, to be gracious to each other, you know, um, yeah. I find that dynamic very rare. And so I it's don't know. It's a tough one. It, it takes time. Is your wife working with you or no? No. So she, she actually owns the office building and I sublease an office from her. She has a commercial insurance agency. That's so convenient. we don't necessarily do the same thing. She doesn't help with uh, I, what I do now because I'm on the tech side. I absolutely help with what she does. Um, right. I'm kind of her unofficial IT support person. Um, but no, it just, it works well. Um, I mean, obviously like any healthy relationship or any relationship, there are occasions where miscommunications occur. But um, no, I've just, I've always tried to be one step ahead of her. So there's nothing that she can say. Oh God, um, and it, and it works. <laughs> it is, but it works. This is my, like, so obviously, like you said, the people you've been married to, like, I've learned a lot in my, uh, we've been together for 10 years, but um, my first marriage, it was, you know, childhood sweethearts, high school sweethearts. Like I was just complacent, kind of lazy. And, you know, looking back, it's like, yeah, I could have done a lot more. I have no doubt. Um, yeah. It, so it sounds like you do self-assessment, which is good. Yeah. I on a daily basis it's continuous improvement and that's something we do in software so i think a, a lot about how i look at relationships comes from my experience on how to, to build maintainable reliable and stable software so stability reliability and maintain maintainability is not just something you apply to to bits ones and zeros it's like this is good for humans too yeah the kazen uh or K i don't know uh I don't know how to pronounce it either. It's the Japanese. There's so many words in my head, Law, that like I don't know how to fucking say it. And honestly, when someone says it, I'm like, is that really how you say it? Like, it's insane. Well, you're not going to get any uh, clarity from me because I, I, <laughs> I can't read out loud. I can read to myself. I can talk on stage. But reading out loud is like – well, I do a show uh, almost every week where you – pick topics out of a, a bucket i'm like okay let's look on boxes read this slowly yeah if i if i trip over this i and most of the time it i can tell you know it's funny i can tell it's a woman or a man that wrote it because a woman's all bubbly right mm. uh letters and i can look around the room and be like which one of you bitches wrote this <laughs> and the guys looks like a ransom note every time and so oh, that's I, how my writing looks for that's, sure that's how i got it but Back to kind of like, 
I think you're doing the right thing of, you know, rewarding this crowd you have. You've cultivated, you've cultivated this audience, right? And you're not just like, hey, we're just going to churn them and make the next, the next thing. You're trying to make it a better experience. Can you? Yeah, we Yeah, I mean, look, Sami and I are genuinely committed to building a platform that allows gamers to earn passive income. This is not a let's milk them for what they're like for all everything that they're worth. Let's just you know drain their like that. That's not. There's no satisfaction in that. I know it sounds strange. There are a lot of serial entrepreneurs. There are a lot of you know just business owners like that's their modus operandi. Like that's what they do. Um, I spent a long time in the government contracting space, built a very successful, you know, it was an online auction platform for distressed real estate. And it, it's still in existence today. I sold out of that and it's a very profitable business, but I left it because it was unfulfilling. We were actually liquidating properties where people owed taxes. And if you ever speak to these people, if they owe taxes, it's not because they don't want to pay them. It's because they can't fucking pay them. And that's a terrible place to be. So what Sami and I are trying to do is to build a platform that allows people to have fun, but also earn money. Obviously, we have to earn money. It's not like we found this mysterious faucet that just fucking you know, spews gold. It's revenue share. And at the end of the day, we're just not greedy. We make money and we're looking at it like, all right, we're going to share some of this back with the players. That's going to attract more players. That's going to keep our existing players. And if they grind and play these games, like you said, you have an addiction. Well, maybe not an addiction. You didn't use that word, but like I'm an obsessive compulsive person. Thankfully, I don't play games. I like to learn and tinker. So lasers, CNC machines, 3D printers, RC aircrafts. Like I'm very fortunate. That's how I was like, that's my fabric. But a lot of our players. You're Iron Man if I'm doing the No, no. (laughs) I wish I was fucking Iron Man. But But, no, like like, the goal here. The, the, um, what's the, the personality chart, the nine personalities um, that they do by, we did this by Marvel characters. Does that exist? Yeah. Um. I just screw the name of this the psych test up, but the one that compare. I'll look it up while you're, you're share, yeah. Share it with me. I've not honest. I I don't think I've ever done. I might have done one that my my Jennifer, my wife, had sent me. Uh, she likes to share those. Like what type of you know X Y Z character are you? But maybe not Marvel. But no, going back to like what we've been doing and why we're doing it is we're we're genuinely committed to building a platform that allows players to earn passive income and 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 i'm not talking five dollars a month i think we have an opportunity between our relationships with brick and mortar merchants which you're already going to spend money with them we have folks that you know they have a specific credit card that they use to rack up points or miles we work kind of the same way but we want you to be able to have fun play a game and then behind the scenes we're going to make you some we're going to make us some money which is subsequently going to make you some money but i would love to build a platform where people who are really into you know the the roblox type folks where you know you've got this user generated content where you could build games in roblox we're not there yet and honestly i don't ever want to compete with roblox they're just massive but we've got a lot of opportunities for us to build out something just like that and anytime we make money we're gonna you know spread the wealth yeah um the site test so we we love site tests on the show uh especially business related this one might actually help with what you're doing because I've heard this is kind of a good cheat, not cheat code, but kind of a good handy shorthand for uh, writing uh, scripts, movie scripts. And because characters change, they could, this is the only psych test I've seen that you can change throughout. Like 
I'm an ENFJ, I think, and that's pretty much stuck in stone. But Myers Briggs isn't really the confidence rate on that isn't very good, right? Um, uh, we found After Strategies has the best kind of personality test for anybody in sales and marketing and executives. That's the mm. that's the most accurate. That one nailed both of us dead nuts on. We're going to take. Yeah, it if you don't mind, share that with me. I wouldn't mind taking it. The Enneagram test is I'm a seven with a six wing. Uh, but the way I got into this was finding the mar they compared it to Marvel characters. So there's nine personality types. This is why I went to it. Uh, Tony Stark is a three. He's a tinkerer. He's, uh, what do they call it? I'm, I'm pulling it up. The achiever, right? You sound very project-based, right? You're going to tinker. You're going to do this. And then, you know, on to the next thing, right? That's kind of how he rolls in a way. Got it. Got um, it. I think uh, you got Dr. Strange as an individualist. He's a four. I'll go through them all just for fun. Investigator is Rocket, the raccoon. Uh, That's funny. Uh, the loyalist is Scarlet Witch, which is, if you've watched Doctor Strange 2, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, the enthusiast is uh, the Winter Soldier. That's what I have. Uh, uh, Captain Marvel's the Challenger. She's eight. Uh, the Peacemaker, ironically, is the Hulk. Um, that's number nine. Okay. I'll go back to one and two. Uh, the Reformer is an Enneagram one. That's Captain America. And two is uh, the helper, which is Black Panther. It mm. is very interesting. And if you do have any dynamics of characters, this is a lot of movie, like a lot of writers use this as a, a way, especially in a series, because you can move from one to the other eventually, which is interesting. Gotcha. You know, mm. uh, where I, when I was younger, I might have tried to be the, you know, the Captain America kind of reformer guy. And I realized my my plight's really more in this enthusiastic, whatever I'm into, I'm really into kind of thing. Gotcha. Uh, I haven't really spent any energy on personality tests. Uh, Jennifer's the, the one that loves them. going, baby. Yeah. No, I just, I don't know. It's not something that's, I, oddly enough, when we hire, uh, the applicant tracking system I use has a test. I don't know if it's based on you know, the, the same science uh, the, as these tests, but it's helped me out because it kind of gives me just from like a graphical perspective, like which way do these people lean? Um, just so I can get an idea, like before I hire them or before I make an offer, are they going to be compatible with the rest of the team? Is it predictive um, index? Is that what it is? I don't know. Honestly, I don't think they advertise what it is. It's built into the software. I just have an option to send them one of these assessments. Um, and it kind of gives me, you know, an overarching view. Uh, it, it's, it's a little bit more than just personality. It's got things like verbal comprehension, written comprehension, et cetera. But they give me this one kind of graph that says, where does this person fall on this kind of like spectrum? Uh, not like the autism spectrum, but like, are they average, above average, et cetera? And uh, it's worked out really well for me because the people I have hired, the, the the test has been extremely accurate. Well, you're in good company because I'm pretty sure we probably both. I I know I have been called on the spectrum a lot, so I'm pretty sure. You have <laughs> I've, I've never been tested, but I don't know. There's I've got all kinds of like little pieces of every one of those disorders, like ADHD, <laughs> ADD, like I just I like both, all of that. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like I I I the way I've described it, if I do have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder is I work like a microprocessor and most people are like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> the most well, like, <laughs> well, like it's like, seriously, it's like, look, 
you've got a machine that's in front of you that's doing a thousand things. And prior to multi-core CPUs, it only had one core. It could only execute one instruction technically at a time. But how does it actually operate multiple? It spreads its time. It basically does preemptive multitasking where it just says, I'm going to do this for half a second. I'm going to do, I don't, I don't sit down and just finish shit. And that sometimes it bothers people, but I love to keep my, you know, kind of my brain active across multiple projects. And sometimes like I have about a list of about 12 things at the house that are unfinished. They will always get done. And this is something my wife knows about me. They're always going to get fucking done, but that's just how I work. And maybe that is ADHD. And I've just, the way I've reconciled it is, is I just need to be entertained. And sometimes I sit in front of like I have this four-person arcade cabinet I've been building for four fucking years. All right. It's run once and then I broke it down so I could paint it. It hasn't been put back together. But every time I do it, I make it better. Eventually, probably in 2026, it'll be ready to fucking play games again. So two things. that there, That's a, a men versus women married thing that men never fit. That's a trope I've heard in stand-up for 20 years. You know, just... Uh, I'm going to get to finishing that kind of thing. Yeah, I know. It's going to happen. And you're never showing them a project management chart. It's always like, I'm just going to let you know in passing. The other thing is that you don't have one of the two, ADHD or ADD, because you finish projects. The thing with one of those is you never finish. And I, I, I got concerned with that and really tried to go, oh, I'm not finishing what I start. And this is, it had uh, cascading effects, you know, to other things. And so, I really tried to work on that, but to me, all this stuff's kind of ubiquitous. Like, AD, everybody has ADD, everybody has ADHD. I think like we're, we're talking a lot about painkillers now. That that series just came out. I think this Adderall ep epidemic is going to be the next kind of thing. We realized twenty years later that yeah. like oh, a third of every every college kid takes it. I take it. You know, I but I've taken it. I don't take it now. But when I was in college, and there was a probably six years ago, there was a period of time where I was like, you know what, I think I need to try it. Um, and it 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 worked. It allowed me to focus, but I didn't like how I felt on that. But no, I had a lot of friends, and I still have a lot of friends. If it's not Adderall, it's Vyvanse or some other bullshit that's supposed to make you focus. But thankfully, if I'm doing something I love, which is not building or rebuilding the fucking pool pump that exploded on the side of the house, um, which is like, that's one of my current projects. It's done. I actually learned how to dismantle it, rebuild it, and I'm happy with it. But um, if I'm doing something I love, you can't stop me. Like I literally, I remember as even a teenager, if I was in the backyard rebuilding small engines to put on dirt bikes, mini bikes, et cetera, I wouldn't think about eating. And I was a heavy set kid. And that's how I know I'm into something for real is when I'm not thinking about fried fucking food. Like if I'm hungry, I'm not into it. Like, that's just how it is. But like, if I'm really deep into the weeds doing something technical and I'm not hungry, I'm doing what I need to be doing. I'm glad you're not on Ozempic. It sounds like you'd be anti. Oh, hey, look, I was. No, I was. Really? I was. And I'm off that shit because it was one of the, it's a, it's a strange thing because the side effects are so severe, but um, I'm 224 pounds now. Prior to being on Ozempic, I was 242 pounds. At my uh, my lowest on Ozempic, I was 208 pounds. The problem with Ozempic is, and it doesn't impact everybody this way, it destroys your GI system. It fucking absolutely decimated like how it was bad. Oh, it's going to be, it, it, this is going to have a real bad snapback. Like this is going to like. Uh, well, I, I saw the writing on the wall, man. I was like, 
A, I felt it firsthand. My endocrinologist actually suggested uh, Ozempic because he's like, look, you've come in here for, for five years. I had thyroid surgery. He's like, you weighed the same amount. I'd like you to be, you know, basically 195, 200 pounds. And I'm thinking, well, why don't you go exercise for me? Because I'm certainly not going to go to the fucking gym. And he's like, are you interested in any kind of medication that could help you with it? I'm like, who the fuck is it? Yeah. And then he said, look, it's a small injection. And I'm like, Eh, I don't necessarily want to inject myself. He showed me the apparatus. It's a tiny needle. You stick it in your stomach. And I'm like, why aren't, why isn't everybody on this? About six weeks into it, I realized why everybody shouldn't be on this is it destroys you. Um, right? Like you want to puke a lot. Like I didn't have any vomiting, but I'm talking backed up. Like it was, it was not good. And, and one of the best feelings in life is being empty. Maybe not for everybody, but one of the best feelings for me personally, because I also had a, a weight loss surgery a very long time ago, a vertical sleeve gastrectomy. So I was almost 400 pounds. So like I've, I've struggled with weight and that's why I was like, yeah, another shortcut. I got a goddamn cheat code to life. You know, the vertical sleeve gastrectomy, I had no negative side effects. And if you're overweight right now, go to the fucking insurance company and get that surgery. There is no, for me personally, and for everybody that I, I know that have done it, there's no malabsorptive issues like with the, the the bypass. You just go in, it's laparoscopic. You come out, you eat like a fucking bird for six years. You lose 190 pounds. That's it. The, 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 the caveat to that that people don't know, if anybody is listening and does go do this, you actually have to get your weight down to be able to get that, right? So this is this is a little different. So yes. So this surgery was actually created or the reason why this surgery was originally kind of introduced was to help people who were too heavy for bypass. But they realized in doing this surgery that it was very effective at allowing people to shed hundreds of pounds so they could get down to a comfortable size. The issue is like your fatty liver. If, if you're really morbidly obese, they can't even operate on you because you can't find your fucking stomach. But since this surgery, I didn't, I didn't have a bypass. I didn't want a bypass. I didn't want a lap band. I, I, this was, I was doing some research and the surgeon said, look, there's this new procedure. It wasn't necessarily designed for like, just like a, a final solution. But in your situation, I was 390 something pounds and I knew I needed to lose the weight. And I've gone to the gym. I lost 70 pounds naturally. And then I gained 50 pounds back. I was like, I'm going to struggle with this, but yes, you, you, you can't be 700 pounds and go in there. I'm talking, like I have a cousin who's 400 and something pounds. Maybe he's a little under, you know, 400 now. And now that insurance co uh, covers this, it would be the best decision of his life, but he's one of these guys who's like, oh, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to do it. I'm like, we've been talking about this for 23 fucking years, brother. Just yeah. go in there and do it. I paid cash for it. Um, it was very, I think it was like $16,000, like 15 years ago. So it was a, a huge pill to swallow. Um, but that's 2.2 2. 2 rabbits. Yeah. <laughs> that is 2.2 2 fucking rabbits. <laughs> um, but it's life changing. I can't describe what it feels like to lose 170, 180 pounds, your, your knees, your ankles, your fucking back. So obviously when the endocrinologist said, hey, look, you want to lose another 60 pounds by just doing an injection? I said, sure. But when I didn't shit for you know eight days and I was sitting there thinking like, yeah, I'm eating like a bird. I have no desire. I was just like, this is not life. So I got off of it. I gained 20 pounds back and I'm doing things the right way now. Yeah. I, I mean, you seem like you have boundless energy. So I, you know, I, I well, feel it's like because I have like four quadruple espressos in me right now and I'm drinking something that has caffeine in it. But, uh, yeah. no, I do have a lot of, I, I'm 40. I don't know how old you are, but like, I, I don't feel any different. I mean, 39. I need to lose weight. Yeah. You're right behind me. But, um, my co-host just turned 40 and got COVID as a gift. Oh, like, shit. Literally, oh, he, shit. Like, like, literally 40, four days ago, I turned 40. 
and this was his gift. That's his uh, gift from the universe. But no, look, I, 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 I would not recommend it. I would love for a drug to exist that doesn't have these side effects to help people because it is a real problem. I have a food addiction. And even though I can't eat a lot right now, I still have a food addiction. There are days where I know I have leftovers in the fridge and I'm literally salivating on the way home from the office thinking about just fucking inhaling them. And I know I can't eat them all. That's a problem. And going to the gym obviously could help with that. But I'd love for it. The last seven minutes we've been talking, I'm like, I kind of want to go get a big fat bag of Doritos for the NFL game tonight. Yeah. And I think that's going to be another thing that that's going to be the new cigarettes down the pike too. I think that'll be another thing where you see how these things are constructed. You know, people are talking about social media and how their whole, their whole thing is to keep your attention span. I feel and how that's like psychops and that's, that's, that's really done in a very kind of creepy kind of way. Right. Uh, just placating to people's weaknesses. Look, food's so fucking good. McDonald's is no amazing. look. That's you know, so like this is the one thing that, and it, and it's not a popular thing. It's not a popular lifestyle, especially in Texas. So I've been vegan for almost five and a half years. Oh, I think her time's up. So yeah, yeah. See, this is now purple Doritos are technically accidentally vegan. That just means there's no animal products in it. Oreos so, are vegan. Yeah, exactly. I had some Oreos today on my almond milk ice cream with some yeah. almonds in it. But my goal is to be whole food plant-based. And I, I'm a I'm a science slash data-driven person. I've done it for several weeks. I felt like a million fucking dollars. Just eating what Mother Nature produces, not drinking caffeine, drinking water, and just eating fucking vegetables. Obviously, people are going to say, well, where do you get your fucking protein? The same place the fucking cows get their protein, the same place you get your omega-3s. It comes from a fish. Where does a fish get it? From fucking algae. You can get it. You just have to be smart and go out and get it. But the the, the weeks where I was eating just plants, I felt young and energetic and I, it's addiction though i can't not eat purple doritos i can't not eat fucking pringles They're fucking great They're one of my great. weaknesses are fucking corn dogs and there's a, a company called morningstar that makes plant-based fucking corn dogs and the minute i saw them in the walmart aisle, i was like i'm dead i'm gonna need another fucking surgery they removed two-thirds of it well look remove the whole fucking thing and give me a colostomy bag or whatever the fuck <laughs> i need i don't know how it works the vegan in a walmart grocery a super it's walmart. bad it's fucking bad. Dude, there's an entire aisle of like pancakes on a stick, fucking hamburgers, impossible nuggets, incognito. And I'm like, okay, this is bad. Well, look, I, I now I feel blessed to live in a Spanish grandma neighborhood, the Abuela Apartments, as I like to call it. And uh, most of our aisles are filled with Jesus candles. So I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> yes, yes, but, yes. Um, I'll let you go uh, before you go. Since you've already, we already asked you what advice you would give your thirteen-year-old self. I don't know if you have a an edit to that to that answer or not. I don't remember what my answer was. Uh, well, usually I would say the overwhelming kind of umbrella answer. I, I, I bucket a lot of people under as they say, you know, don't worry about what anybody else says. You know, follow follow what you want to follow. I, I would agree with that. I don't think that's what I would have said. I, don't think I that's mean, what you yeah, said, for me, I, it's I don't give up. I refuse to go listen to old episodes because I don't want to hear. It's my, all good. It's my all good. Really droll, but I'll give you uh, another question. We've been asking people when they come back on. Um, what is something? And I'll give you a for instance for me uh, to give you a little time to think. Uh, but you are a human computer, so you probably have some. What is something you think you can do that you have zero experience with that people think you're crazy when you tell them you can do it? For instance. 
I think I'm a great, I will be a great uh, race car driver. I don't even know how to drive stick. But I knew when I was younger, when I, I had an uncle that's kind of like you, a lot like you, like very much engineering, but also creative too. He was a film director. He taught film at uh, UT uh, Fort Worth. And then, uh, but he would also build a Lotus in his garage. And he took me go-karting and like, I had kind of a, there's only two sports that I had a natural, like just was a natural at was surfing and go-kart racing. I think I, my vision still 15, 20, one eye or 2015, one eye, 2020 in the other. I, I it's, it's funny that you said race car driving though. Yeah. Because that's probably what I would have said as well. Because your um, ADD, if you've ever been in a rush, like if you've ever driven anybody to the hospital, like I have, I've done it a few times. I get their lickety split safe. People, yeah, they they don't like driving with me, but I have exceptional situational awareness. Right. So like I just I I and and they, that people are like, oh, you think you do? And I'm like, all right, I get to where I need to be. I'm always on time. I do drive. I have a fucking lead foot. I drive a V8 Infinity, like big giant fucking like people know when I'm on I-10 in New Orleans because like I thought something silver fucking fly by. It must be Bo going to pick up his kids from school. Silver Bo. Yeah, but uh, no, I, I I would say the same thing. I, I didn't race go karts, but I was really actively involved in building them and driving them, not on a track. Same thing with like mini bikes, etc. But the pandemic and this drive to survive F1 series, it's kind of like I'm like I told actually. Just two weekends ago, I was actually in Pensacola. We went to a, a motor speedway there. I forget the name of it. They had some really cool, like it was a hundred lap race. And I told my cousin, I was like, look, the barrier to entry here is probably what a hundred grand. You could build a race car. You could come out here and Talladega night style. And I'm like, when I exit, when I have just like, fuck you money, I'm going to be out here with the guys with the mullets. I'm going to be out here driving this motherfucker. Cause like, I just feel like I could just drive. I, I, I've never driven on a track other than like a track day. Uh, my wife has a little Porsche and I used to have, ironically, I had a Lotus Elise for a very long time and I tracked it a few times and I fucking loved it. So I would, I would, I would say the same thing. People wouldn't okay. think it, but I feel like I'd be exceptional at it. Two things in our future. One, uh, when you do, uh, the lower, lower tier racing in Pensacola or wh wherever it might be, Eric and I get to be in your pit crew. Sounds and good. Two, um, we'll have to do the Daytona. There's a three day like Daytona Don Garlitz kind of like you learn how to drive those cars. And I'd love to do it. Yeah. I've looked at like driving schools. I've never done it, but that is absolutely something that I'd like to do in the next four or five years. I would, yeah, I would yeah, love yeah. to it's, do it. It's like in my three year down the line plan. I, well, I'll, let's, let's enroll ready. together. We will right. enroll together, Law. They, we get to do burnouts and stuff. I heard you like in three days, you become so good with it because it's all you're doing. Just like, driving. You're yeah, going to have to no. take off work for a minute. That sounds good. Hopefully in three years, I'm not doing this shit again, uh, but we'll see. So look, it was a pleasure, brother. Be You're safe. Best, Tell man. your partner. Appreciate I said, I hope he feels better. Take care. See ya.